0: gentlemen welcome it is uh friday night and that means it's time for the odd pod and uh with me tonight is the one and only music god cj playing cj decided to to come down why is it it seems so low i don't know why i don't know if i should pay attention to that peak or or not it just seems really low so hopefully it's coming through okay. If you're in the chat room uh, on Tap Detroit, please let me know if I sound okay. I'm still working with new software here. And uh, just want to make sure that all the levels are fine and you can hear me okay. Are those down? Yeah, the gain's down because these mics are, are too good. I can... Let's see. Where is it? Uh, all right, well, we'll go with that and see what happens. Uh, like I said, if you are in the chat room and you're listening, please, by all means, tell me whether or not you can hear me. Uh, tonight, we've got a, a, a jam-packed show for you. I've got good music, and I've got uh, even worse topics, so... Uh... <laughs>
1: Welcome to the
0: chaos. Yeah, I do want to start the show off with an update from uh, last week's show. Uh, Corey and I were talking about that Netflix uh, movie Cuties, and we were railing against it just because, honestly, I I didn't watch it. I only knew what I had seen or read, and uh, what ended up happening was is a friend of mine actually watched it, and uh, because they watched it, so I didn't have to... Um, they actually said that it's it's not what everyone thinks it is it's it's actually the exact opposite so everybody was like oh it's the over sexualization of children in a way yes you're right but in a way you're very wrong because it's talking about how toxic that is and how sick and twisted that is and it's uh the coming of age story essentially of a group of girls who are in that kind of society where this is what's expected and and whatnot so I'm still not going to watch the fucking thing. I'm just not. Um, But uh, it's not as terrible as everyone uh, were making it out to to seem to be, I guess, is what I'm getting at.
1: I have no desire to see it. It's really nothing as far as, I guess, the content or anything. I mean, it doesn't affect me one way or another. Um, Right. You know. I I detest (laughs) pedophiles, but at the same time, you know, uh, it being a movie, you kind of separate it from reality, and, you know, it's like, look, as, as long as it ain't affecting my kid and ain't going on in real life, then, you know, Hollywood's gonna be Hollywood. I mean, you know, Hollywood has been Fucking pedophile filled, going back as as long as you can remember. You know, I mean, you know. So it's it's not new. Like even when the the Harvey Weinstein thing come out, you know, and, and now uh, Ron Jeremy. Yeah, Ron Jeremy. Oh, 34 counts, and I'm like, you're surprised by that? Like Ron Jeremy's always been a creepy ass. You know, it was like when Rob Helford came out as gay. All my friends are freaking out. Oh, Rob Helford was gay. And I'm like, okay, where's the shock?" And my buddy's like, you know, well, I can't believe he's gay. And I'm like, really? He's been dressing as like the metal version of the village people his entire life. You know, like where, where did you miss the 317 signs that Rob Helford was gay? I mean,
0: well, and the thing is, too, like, I've been saying this for a little bit now. I, I'm beginning to worry that uh, being a pedophile or a child molester is the norm. And those of us that aren't, we're the fucking minority, which is a really sick and twisted idea. But the more and more that you see this stuff coming out like this, it's, it's getting harder and harder to ignore that fact. I mean... Or that opinion. That's not a fact. It's an opinion.
1: In a way, I don't want to say it's normal or even anything that I want to support. But if you go back, like before the 1900s, it wasn't... A, it wasn't an uncommon thing. Like Little House on the Prairie, even back in the 70s, when Alonzo married... Um, Laura, Mm -hmm. Laura was only like what fourteen or fifteen, and he was like thirty. True. So women got married at that age back then. Um, Well, they also
0: had kids working in factories too. That wasn't right. Well,
1: again, exactly. So I, I realize it's a different time, but at the same time, you know, I think people, some people, that are okay with it. Are kind of relying on that mentality when a lot of people are just like look like me different time different um, I'm not going to sit here and say like a 16 or a 17 year old that you should have sex with them but at the same time you know if you're 18 19 years old I'm not gonna even 20 years old I'm not going to bust your balls about it because right it's well,
0: what it's what they do Look at uh, Ollie and I. We're 10 years apart. So when I was 20, she was 10 years old. Well... That's right. fucking wrong! But now I'm 38 and she's 28 and it's just like, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. Well, right. And that's a thing. You
1: know, Heather is seven, eight years younger than me. So, um, you know, I mean, it's not a, a huge gap, but it's, you know, when, when I was with Mandy, um, I was... I was like 35 with Mandy, and she was only 21. So, you know, it was a huge gap there, but, you know, I'm whatever. I mean, if you're of legal age, I don't care what you do. um It's like anything. I, I've said a hundred times to people look, this is my political philosophy. I'm not a conservative, I'm not a, a liberal. My philosophy is. I don't give a fuck what you do. Just don't do it on my
0: lawn and don't spend my money to do it. <laughs> I guess that's fair. You know, I mean. <laughs> and uh, if you come anywhere near my children.
1: Well, yeah, that's a given, but,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, so. I've, I've gone to jail over that, so. um
0: so basically uh the the netflix cuties thing I, i'm not saying go watch it all i'm saying is it's not exactly what we think it is based on what's been put out so far um like i said i did have a friend that i want that watched it i do trust this person in their assessment of it um and it is what it is i you know i i, I don't have anything more to, to say about it other than that but I did just want to make sure that I updated and, and at least put in the, the retraction showing that, yes, I was wrong. I'm admitting that I was wrong. I don't need you to at me.
1: It's not necessarily you were wrong. It's just you were working on, you know, what a lot of people didn't know at the time. And Netflix kind of said that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, it's Netflix. It's a movie studio. They don't know you know, <laughs> they don't always come correct. So, um, again, you know, I have no desire to see it, but um, I'm kind of like that, anyways. It 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 bugs me. I realize, I guess it's to each person's taste as a parent <clears throat> to what you allow your kid to wear, right? But at 8, 9, 10 years old, even about at 12 years old, I don't want her wearing the short shorts. I don't want her running around in a skirt that's barely past her thigh. You know, I don't want her. You, you've heard me say uh, the term prostatot. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I always tell Heather. Heather's like, we need to get her clothes. And I'm like, hey, as long as it's not from the prostatot section. Because <laughs> Walmart, you know, they have a whole line of clothes that are like, it's just, to me, it's completely inappropriate
0: Unappropriate, for yeah. the
1: age they're selling it to. So,
0: here's the thing. Um, uh, Ali and I will go back and forth with this round and round all the time because we're of two different generations. We're of two different mindsets. You know, I'm as as liberal and left-wing as I seem. I have some pretty conservative fucking, you know, tendencies. One of which is, I believe... And this is just me. I'm not trying to force it on anyone else, so I don't need to hear the the criticism and the hate back. I believe that women should dress a little more modest than what they do. I don't need to see your ass cheeks hanging out in public. I agree. I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. You know, I am a red-blooded male, but at the same time... It's hard for me to 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 yeah. champion your cause when you want to be taken seriously and seen as a person and not a sex object, and then your ass and your titties is hanging out. Like, yeah. I don't know. For me, that that blade don't cut both ways, yeah. and maybe it should. Maybe that's the the dinosaur or the the archaic mindset that I have, yeah. but I don't think that. Uh, I don't know, man. It just it don't cut both ways for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I'm not saying dress like a like an Amish woman, but
1: a little modesty goes a long way. And you know, if you're I don't wanna put it, you know, if you it's like the men even. Like if you go back to the men, especially like the black guys, uh, Harlem in the nineteen forties and the fifties, man, they were Dapper dude, like they mm-hmm. had the suits, the hats. I mean they were pimping, you know, and you know there you know, there was a look, even like Capone and those guys, you know, they dressed man like damn, you know. Um you know, those guys were going out killing each other wearing fucking pinstripe suits and you know, and to me that's that's cool. Some of the stuff That you see today, it drives me crazy as far as some of the stuff people wear, you know, and it's just, you know, and the fashion trends are like.
0: Well, here's the thing. So um, I enjoy seeing scantily clad women. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, I am red blooded, but it is about to be my favorite time of year here in Michigan. Fall. There is nothing sexier to me than sweaters and jeans. I'm right. sorry. It's just I don't know what it is, but I like a little imagination needing to be used. I'm I you know, I like I like a very well put together woman. Okay? Yeah, it's easy. If you're knocking around the house then by all means, yeah, let it all hang out because I'm 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 at home. We're at home. I can take full advantage of it if I want, you know, I mean and, I'm and okay with, again, that sounds real bad, but you know, I'm okay with like the leggings
1: and, you know, like a, a flannel shirt or something. Cause that can be, you know, a sexy look, but you know, if I'll use like Cardi B or, or Nicki Minaj, I mean, to me, that's just trashy. You know, I, I don't get that in, you know, the. I love hip hop, but that's one of the things that bugs me about the female rappers. Now, I'm not saying the men aren't guilty. The men are guilty, absolutely. But the men, it's kind of few and far between. I mean, you have Too Short and a few other ones who are kind of misogynist. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like all the females are. Like, I can name of all the female rappers. I can name five that can seriously perform without all of those references. You know, the rest of them are just, that's all they rap about. You know, titties, ass, blah, 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 getting money, you know. And it's just, you know, they're rapping about being a whore. And it's unoriginal to me. Mm -hmm. It's It's not that I have an opinion they don't have a right to do it. To me, it just seems... Not as talented, because um, it's kind of like blue comedy, in a way. Like, look, blue comedy can be funny, but if you rely on the same gag constantly, over and over and over, it just gets old. Right. You know, Andrew Dice Clay. Oh! Yeah, like, he was funny back in the day. Now it's just sad. Right, but here he is now, (laughs) what, 30, almost 40 years later, and... He's making this huge comeback. He's doing the same fucking thing. And it's like, bro, it's 40 years later. Move on. Like, do yeah. something. You know, Paulie, Paulie Shore. Evolved. Evolved. His new movie, um, Houseguest. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, it's funny.
0: Like, it's still the same kind of stupid role he played in the 80s, but it's much more mature. Well, there's something to be said for... Um, Harkening back for nostalgia purposes, right, and then just not getting with the program and moving forward. Hearkening back to nostalgia purposes. The Bill and Ted movie. That was a good movie. It is not masterpiece theater. No. It is not highbrow cinema. You know what it is? The exact same fucking thing that 1 and 2 was. And for a movie that is 20, 30 years away from its last installment to still be able to capture that fucking, yeah. that that they've been that eight, magic. They've been 18
1: years trying to make that movie. Mm-hmm. You, they've been, I think at some point, they've had like 14 revisions of that script because it's taken so long well, They keep having to rewrite it. And studios
0: it. and stuff get involved and they're like,
1: oh, we want to see this. And it oh. was way better than I expected it to be. Keanu really... You know, played it well. Um, Sadler played Death really well. Mm-hmm. I liked the daughters. Um, I love the fact that they kind of had the Carlin.
0: Nod, little, yeah.
1: Yeah, like like I- his wife and daughter, and then they had the little
0: uh, hologram of them. So I was actually reading, and that hologram, they had intended for it to be a much larger cameo, essentially. Right. Um, in the early drafts, um, they had it where they were going to give him the, the Tupac Shakur, Michael Jackson, you know, uh, 3d persona thing, you know, where we, and they were just going to have someone mimic the voice, which they still did. Um, but the problem was his budget constraints, right? You know, that shit ain't cheap. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Cause they
1: didn't spend a, a ton of money in. And- Keanu pretty much financed it. Did it for free. Well, Well, Keanu pretty much financed it out of his pocket Mm -hmm. because the studios were just like, you know, they were balking at it. And to me, that's stupid because the first two made a a Mm -hmm. shit ton of money and people wanted to see this. There
0: was money. I have been dying to see the numbers on what they actually did. So all I've been able to find is about somewhere between two to five million that they made in the theaters. There is no numbers yet. As to what they did, but they, they barely did. put it in the theaters.
1: It was only in like a hundred, right, hundred twenty theaters. But so. they
0: sent it to home. They sent it to video on demand, and right. that those are the numbers I want to see. Yeah. I want to see how much money they made from VOD and through Amazon and whatnot, yeah. because I'm almost sure that they doubled their money.
1: Oh, Be- I, I'll guarantee it, and even more once it goes on DVD, people are going to want it just for the collection. Yep, to, to complete a collection, or they're going to want it you know
0: so i i bought it uh, you know so i was i had the choice of paying $20 to rent it or $25 to own it and if you're talking to me about a matter of $5 for something yeah. like that i'm gonna throw that $5 there away I even kicked in a little bit towards the Kickstarter because when they first started, because I wanted this movie. And I'm going to tell you what, if they had come out and said, look, we need more money because we're trying to do a CGI Carlin, by all means, I would have opened my wallet and I guarantee the majority of the fan base would have been like, yeah, 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 here, here, here. (laughs) Shut up, take my money. It was really well done.
1: I liked the nods they did in it. I liked the, you know, I liked the... cast of characters they chose for this one um
0: his name is Dennis
1: <laughs> you know um I liked you know the that they use the same old phone booth. Uh-huh.
0: um you know it really was I love too that it behaved like a hoopty. Like the the new the, the new time travel pod was all sleek and slipped yeah. right through the time stream, no problem. Whereas the fucking phone booth that they're in, it's bouncing uh, off the sides and rattling and scaring the crap out of them. And
1: that's the thing. Like I, you know, it's it was, I wasn't sure how good it was gonna be, but it was exactly what I kind of pictured. Like if I would have wrote it, that's. It was exactly what it needed to be, and yeah. nothing more and it was a great ending like it
0: just it really wrapped it up. I don't i you know well, I, I, I really don't want it to be the ending though I really I, don't I, I want don't either I but, want them to follow the kids, I'm okay with it
1: well yeah if I mean if they spun it off that way, yeah, um, but as far as like Bill and Ted themselves, it was a great way to kind of close out that part of it um you know, I just I don't know, man it was. I was—I don't want to say a nostalgia thing so much, but...
0: No, that's exactly what it was. It was a giant piece of nostalgia for people like you and I that grew up with those movies. There, there are certain movies
1: from that era that, again, they're, they're, it's not Masterpiece Theater. You don't expect it to. Mm-hmm. But they have such a huge... Um, what do I want to say? They have such a kind of a memory... Well, that's how they become cult classics, right? That's that's the word I'm looking for. Um, that they're they're bigger in your mind than really uh, Bill and Ted, uh, the original Die Hard, um, Back to the Future, Back to the Future, Animal House, Goonies, Goonies. You know, those are movies that you know, like even now, if they were to do a sequel to Goonies with the original cast. People would be like, oh, fuck yeah, I want to see that because, you know, Josh Brolin and, right. and and Corey Feldman and that would be a crazy
0: thing. Um, There's only one movie I want them to leave the fuck alone. I don't want a remake. I don't want a reboot. And I don't want a sequel. Back to the future. Leave it the fuck alone. Yeah. It's fine the way it is. You're not going to capture that same magic again, and if you try to do anything else with it, it's just not going to be... Go back and watch the originals if you want a, a, a fucking buddy cop time travel movie. Yeah. The one that they're making a sequel
1: to that's pissing me off. Oh, it, it just makes me want to rage. Is they're making a secret sequel to Labyrinth? I've seen that, Yeah. Yeah, dude. To do Labyrinth without David Bowie, to me, just seems
0: sacrilegious. Well, I mean, what do you want them to do? Dig him up? <laughs> but it
1: just—he—he he was such a huge integral part of that movie.
0: How the hell? <laughs> Parts are they of gonna, them were.
1: <laughs> you know, and it's like, how the hell are they going to do that without him in it? in some kind of way? You know, I just don't. I don't see how. Like,
0: I don't... Ed, that's fair. Uh, he said we got our Back to the Future reboot, and it's now called Rick and Morty. Mm,
1: I've,
0: I know you're going to hate me for this, but I've never seen Rick and Morty. Oh, my God, man. It's good, mindless fun. And actually, it's not even that mindless, because when you sit and you watch it, the jokes that are in there and the science that they use... Eh. I just...
1: I don't watch
0: most of the new cartoons
1: one because you're missing out on some great shit you really I, are i don't watch most of the new ones mainly because they're on at times when i don't really watch tv but at the same what well, the time, fuck are you
0: pirate damn near everything i don't want to hear it
1: <laughs> but it's it's movies it's not it's not like you
0: have gotten me tv shows before so i know it, it's possible yeah,
1: but it's just like i get wrapped up in shit that's either super funny or I get wrapped up in shit that's, like, super violent. Um, Rick and Morty is super funny. <laughs> um, you know, like, Justified and Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. That's the kind of shit I like. Yellowstone, I was telling Yellow- Yellowstone. When I first read the synopsis of that, I was kind of like, eh. You know, but then it had that scene in it. And when Costner jumps out of the truck and smacks that biker with a, with a freaking branding iron... And then, you know, grabs his gun and tells him, you got three minutes to get the fuck off my property or you're not leaving my property. I'm going to like, damn, you know, like.
0: <laughs> there's one. You got Netflix? Yes. Okay. There's one on Netflix that I absolutely love. And I know you lean a little more conservative and whatnot, but if you can put that to rest, it's it's a lot of more liberal leaning humor. It's called Paradise PD. It is some of the funniest damn shit. I've seen,
1: I've seen a couple episodes. Yeah,
0: It's absolutely hilarious. In fact. Um, one of the creators, uh, Waco, Waco gun, I think is his name. Um, uh, he follows me on Twitter and like, I will at paradise PD from frequently, uh, from time to time, because I'll see something or something will make me laugh and, and remember it. And, uh, I, I was curious cause I hadn't heard anything and I, I added both of them, paradise PD's Twitter and, uh, uh, Waco himself. And I was like, are you guys doing a third season? And he said yes, and I commented back, I was like, you just made this quarantine in 2020 worth surviving. Because like, it, it's fucking funny, you know? It's, it's. Um, do you remember the show Brickleberry? Yeah. It's Brickleberry, but funny. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> People, like,
1: all my friends are like, oh, The Office, The Office. Oh, fuck The Office. I have tried to watch The Office, and I
0: just... Look, one or two episodes can be I funny. Can't, I can't get into it, I just... Um, I've worked in those environments. That's why it's not funny yeah, to me.
1: That one, the other one that I just cannot. Um, my brain just went blank.
0: That happens um, with age. Brooklyn Nine Nine. Really? I That's fucking a, love Brooklyn Nine Nine. Like
1: Andy Sandberg. Why? I like Terry Crews. I like the rest of them, but I don't like. I don't like. You're not supposed to.
0: Like, that's the whole point, is, like, his character and most of I the characters. I just don't like him as an actor. I was going to say, most of the he's playing an unlikable guy in almost everything that he's in. He's doing his job. It's kind of like, you know, you and I would go, I think it was you and I, we'd go back and forth about uh, um uh The Miz. Oh, yeah. I fucking hate The Miz. I'm supposed to hate The Miz well, from WWE. I hate his,
1: I hate his character, but more than his character even in real life he's just a goofy ass.
0: Rob why are you surprised that i like paradise pd? That fucking show is hilarious. Um you know I don't I just, like brickleberry. Um
1: Christian Bale's another one like. Yeah, just, he's hit or miss. You know in in uh Well,
0: i can't fucking stand Will Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> Praise Jesus. There's only one movie Will Ferrell has been in where he's been the star that I can actually stomach him in. And I actually like him in that role. It's uh, Stranger Than Fiction.
1: I've never seen that
0: one. Uh, so, I think the only one I've seen him in
1: that hasn't like totally made me want to like stab my eyes and ears with a rusty spike is mm-hmm. Talladega Nights. Yeah. But that's only because Talladega Nights is got some great lines from the other characters that are so funny that
0: so stranger than fiction he plays a guy who ends up coming to find out that his entire life is being narrated and written by an author um it's got some of the best visuals in it that you could ever uh you could hope for it was right around the time where they start doing the gooey's in on the screen and like so the narrator says, you know, so and so brushes his teeth 25 times and you see him brushing and you see a counter 22, 23, 24, 25 and it's just <laughs> there's a lot of on-screen stuff and like Will Arrow's over the top um screaming nature that he has to him like that that comedy where he tries too hard. Cuz that's what I feel is he just tries too hard to be funny. Yeah. Um it Dane works. Cook is one <clears throat> to me that But it works for him in Stranger Than Fiction because it's a man who's put into an impossible situation. And so those moments where he's like, oh, come on! You know, screaming and just overacting. It fits. It was a great movie. I don't mind Will Ferrell in bit parts in other movies because he's usually playing a character that, you know, that over-the-top overacting comes into play. But yeah, for the most part, I, I can't stand Will Ferrell. But, like, Andy Samberg, you're not supposed to like him. Fully in any role that he's in. I don't think. Yeah. Seth Rogen is another <clears throat> one. Like I I have yet...
1: I've seen almost all the Seth Rogen movies and I've yet to ever laugh at a Seth Rogen. The only Seth Rogen... And it wasn't even his movie, but the only movies that Rogen has ever been in that I've laughed at is the Harold and Kumar ones. And I just... Seth is just... I like Zack and Mary make a porno. I I don't... Now, somebody that I love that most people just beg on, I like Adam Sandler. Oh, I love Adam Sandler. Sandler, you know, people oh, it's such a horrible movie. It's such a horrible movie. It's supposed to be. That's the point of Sandler. It's supposed to be just mindless stupidity.
0: Um, In his earlier stuff, yes. As he's gotten older, he's gotten so much better. Yeah. I mean, his new one, Uncut Gems, he does a oh, really yeah, great saw. job. Like, yeah. Um, and yeah. that ending is crazy. Like,
1: Have you seen The Cobbler? It, I haven't seen that
0: one. The again. Cobbler was one that was that popped up on Netflix, and it's actually really good. Like Pixels yeah. was kind of shitty. Like he's, I, it, I liked Pixels. Pixels was every so often he does one yeah. that's just complete trash. I will give his yeah. critics that. Like uh, Jack and Jill, Pixels wasn't that bad in the way because one,
1: uh, Peter Dinklage mm-hmm. played a great character. Um, and I knew it was. I knew Pixels was going to be goofy. Yeah. to begin with. Um, so I didn't expect a lot from it. Um, now, Grown Ups, every time I watch Grown Ups, don't you know how many time I, times I see it, I just laugh hysterically because it's fucking funny. Like, right. You know, it's um. The Wedding Singer. I'm not a huge fan of The Wedding Singer as oh, much as some Oh, I love The people. Wedding Singer. Um, I, I like it. I think it's cute, but I don't, like, laugh hysterically at it. Mr. Um, Deeds was another good one. Mr. Deeds, I love... Um, but my favorite has to be Eight Crazy Nights. That's the one funny. My favorite ones, I love, what is it, Big Daddy? hmm With the kid. Yep. And I love, um, oh, damn, I can't think of the other one. Um, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Happy Gilmore, to me, is just a awesome, great movie. Uh, the scene with him and Bob Barker. You know, it's just, it's a classic. Little Nicky
0: is another one of my favorites.
1: Little Nicky, I love. That's got such a great cast, man. Harvey Cartel and Rodney Dangerfield and him.
0: and Henry Winkler.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's got so many great. um,
0: The new Scooby-Doo movie. Scoob? Yeah. Loved it. Ollie hates it.
1: There were so many great Easter eggs Mm -hmm. in that movie. When Captain Caveman come out, oh yeah, I was like, "Fuck yes!" Because Captain Caveman. Blue, Blue Falcon, <laughs> yeah, like Captain Caveman is one of my all time favorite cartoons, and the
0: fact that they put Captain Caveman in, in a Scooby movie was like, "Oh, that's fucking." Genius. Well, they're trying to do a Hanna Barbera universe, you know. Essentially, that's what they were doing with Scooby. They even made a reference to Hong Kong Fooey. Yep, and that was another one I caught.
1: You know. Uh, Luis went with me to the movies, mm-hmm. and Luis didn't catch it because he didn't know. But that was another one. I was like, oh, hell yeah. I was waiting for Hong Kong Fui to come out.
0: And- so here's the thing. Ali loves Scooby-Doo. Right. Just absolutely loves Scooby-Doo. And I was like, okay, Scoob's coming out. I had the money. I dropped it to watch it. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to watch it. And I was like, why? And she's like, because it's not canon. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, there's certain things that are and aren't can- canon in the Scooby-Doo universe. And I'm like, but, but. And I was like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm gonna watch it. And I absolutely loved Scoob. Yes. I liked how they set it up. I liked that they the you know kind of put it in a more real world yeah. type situation, except for the fact that, you know, Captain Caveman, Blue Falcon and all that, yeah. you know, you know, and whatnot. But I liked what they did and I, I, I hope that they pivot off of it and and do more. Like they, they brought in, you know, the wacky racers with Dick Dastardly. Yo. I
1: love Mutley there's another one <laughs> yeah. because Dakota's dog uh-huh. uh, it look it looks like a little werewolf fusion so her name is Lucy but I call her Mutley because she just reminds me of Mutley and the boys are why do you call her Mutley and I was like, it's a cartoon So when we went to the movies and had Mutley in it, Luis was like, oh that's Mutley and I was like, yeah and he's like he's like dude, I totally see why you're calling that now mm-hmm. and I was like you know, in, uh, like I said, it just has so many great references in it.
0: So apparently, um, apparently too, there is a new Scooby Doo animated movie that is about to release either later this month or early next month. And, uh, the mystery machine gets an upgrade. Um, thinks smart car, but overly smart. I'm okay with it. Uh, you know, I we'll, I, well, yeah, we'll,
1: I'll watch it. Yeah. I mean, I'll watch it just for shits and giggles. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say, no. Oh, well. Must not have been that important, but...
0: Must have been a lie. All right, you ready to dive into some of the bullshit that I have here? Yeah. Hit me. So, so uh, you know I love random knowledge and stupid shit. Um, stumbled <laughs> upon this one, and I, it's it's something I've always wondered. Why don't toilet stalls go all the way to the floor? Well, apparently there are a multitude of reasons. One is it makes the bathrooms easier to clean. Um, two, if someone has an emergency and passes out, it's noticed right away. Uh, it discourages, discourages drug use, sexual activity, graffiti, and other inappropriate behavior. That one is completely bullshit because I have... <laughs> without <laughs> incriminating myself... I was going to say, did ain't stop no truckers. I have done some of the above-mentioned things. Um, supposedly, it's cheaper and easier... Um, it lo- allows for better aeration. Um, it helps keeps the line moving because you can easily see if a stall is occupied. Uh, if a lock jams, you won't be trapped inside. Um, it encourages people to take care of their business quickly, and toilet paper can be passed between stalls. Dude. That. <laughs>
1: you know what i just i i know what my one thing is gonna be I just, I just, you said that and i hadn't even thought about that one and i oh man yeah i gotta i gotta
0: cedar point cedar point when that okay um well after yeah. the first break that you can yeah. share um, um Continuing on with the weird random knowledge, um, Eugene Shoemaker, the first man buried on the moon. Uh, Doctor Eugene Shoemaker is an American, or was an American geologist who pioneered uh, uh, astrogeology and a founder of planetary science. He became the first man to be buried on the moon when his ashes arrived there with the Lunar Prospector spacecraft on July thirty-first of nineteen ninety-nine. When the lunar prospector crashed into a crater in the south polar region of the moon, it was carrying an unusual payload, Dr. Eugene Shoemaker, some of him anyways. Shoemaker was an award-winning scientist who contributed to the Apollo missions, the identification of meteor impact craters on Earth, as well as celestial bodies, and uh, and the discovery of a comet, Shoemaker-Levy 9. Shoemaker pioneered the study of astrogeology as the first director of the United States Geological Survey Astrogeology Research Program. Try and say that ten times fast. In that position, he led the team that created the first geological map of the moon. And July 18, 1997, <clears throat> Shoemaker was killed in a head arc, head-on car collision while studying impact craters in Australia. A colleague of Shoemaker's proposed that NASA carry his remains to the moon on the next lunar mission. She designed a capsule. A portion of his ashes would be carried in, which included a brass foil wrapping engraved with images of Hale-Bopp, the last comet Eugene and his wife Carolyn observed together, the Beringer meteor crater in Arizona, and a quote from Romeo and Juliet. And the quote read, And when he shall die, take him and cut him out in little stars. And he will make the face of heaven so fine that all the world will be in love with the night, and no, pay no worship to the garish sun. It's actually kind of cool when you think about it. Someone who is, you know, devoted his life and uh, his his craft or his his career to um, you know something like astrogeology and whatnot. They, it's cool that NASA was like, yeah, why not? he he deserves to be up there just like anyone else so yeah Eugene Shoemaker is the first man to ever be buried on the moon so the next party you're at and you want to whip out some useless trivia on somebody boom there you go um and if you do happen to win a uh trivia contest i i demand that you uh send half of your beer to the odd pod <laughs> nice um wow following along with weird things uh we're getting into spoopy season and uh this one is one that i'm actually probably going to add to my collection at some point it's called spectropia or surprising spectral illusions showing ghosts everywhere it's uh it's actually a reprint of an old 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 book from 1864 uh written by j.h brown Uh, With the popularity of spiritualism and the belief that the living can communicate with the dead, it had reached an all-time high in 1864 when J.H. Brown published Spectropia. Though spiritualism had started years earlier in the home of the Fox Sisters in Hydesville, New York, the Civil War brought death in multitudes to the doorsteps of countless American families. Spiritualism offered comfort for the grieving Not only were the loved ones still among them, but through spirit mediums and seance. They could actually communicate with them. Uh, Of course, the levitating of tables, mysterious knocking on the walls, spirit wrappings, and even the emergence of ectoplasm from the mouths of mediums served to convince the general public that the dead were reaching out from the beyond. Now, for those of you that are into that sort of thing, you know that there was a lot of hokum and a lot of... um, shysters and 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 you know fakes i <clears throat> i am what i like to call a um believing skeptic um i believe that it is entirely possible and entirely probable that ghosts are real and can communicate with this however i have had very limited experiences and none of them have been so firm with hard evidence that I, I can't explain it away as something else. Right. You know, there's a couple of things that I'm just like, all right, that's was, that was kind of weird. No, not entirely sure. <laughs> but with enough thought, my brain's like, well, you know, it could have been this, it could have been that. You know, I want, I want hard evidence where the fucking ghost just pops out and goes, boom, motherfucker. Yeah. I ain't nothing but a ghost.
1: Like, I've i never had any experience per se like that. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing I remember more than anything, uh, seventh grade, I was at North Branch um, Middle School. And there was a girl. Her name was Jennifer Akers. And she was kind of the uh, Velma from Scooby-Doo type. But she was really into the occult stuff. Mm-hmm. Always wore black, always had tarot cards with her. Okay, blood, so a goth blood. girl. A goth girl on steroids, kind of. Um, she was a sweetheart. I mean, she was. We, you know, we. my, She was best friends with my girlfriend at the time. And, um, you know, we were sat at a table with her and we bullshitted and all that. And uh, Danielle, one night, just or one, one afternoon, she's like, do a reading for me. And Jennifer was like, okay. And she broke the cards out and she, you know, <laughs> she laid it down. um, And uh, she kind of did her whole, you know, psychic thing and all of that. And I was kind of like, okay, whatever. And she laid the cards out and she was like, yeah, she, she swiped them off the table. And she's like, I can't do this one. And Danielle was like, well, why? She's like, it's bad. It's really, really bad. It's like, whatever. She's like, do it. And Jennifer was just like, no. And Danielle just persisted. She's like, I want to know. Well, she she laid the damn cards back out. And she's like, are you sure you want this? And Danielle's like, yeah. Be
0: careful what you wish for. Yeah, she was like,
1: Jennifer was like, somebody close to you is going to die near the stroke of midnight on the weekend. And she said something. I don't remember what the fourth thing was. So we were just kind of like, okay, it was so specific that it was kind of like,
0: couldn't argue with it.
1: It was so specific that we just laughed it off. Like you, you couldn't possibly know all those things. Saturday morning, Daniel called me in freaking hysterics. And I was like, what the hell is the matter? She said my uncle was coming home from work last night, rode his Corvette up a hill at 1215 and died. And I was just like, after that, people who heard it in the lunchroom, they wouldn't go within 50 feet of Jennifer. Like she would come to school and she would come in the door and the hallway would just, like she could walk down the hallway and people would be, like, pressed up against lockers. They wanted nothing to do with her ass. Like, she sat in a lunchroom, and after that, she was a fucking
0: pariah, dude. And it was just like, nobody was like, nope. Like- well, something that we're actually planning to do with the, the show, hopefully next spring, once the COVID shit dies down. We are talking, and I say we, it's Ollie and I, but we've we've reached out to a few friends, too, that might be interested in it and a couple of people that have already been involved with show with the show, Corey and Paul specifically. Um, we are going to try and book a private tour of Eloise. Now, for those of you that don't know, Eloise is the old mental hospital here in uh, the area that I live in. Uh, most okay. of the building has been torn down, but there still is one of the original buildings there. And <clears throat> For years Eloise was said to be haunted now a lot of people try to uh, explain it away and say oh well it's just homeless people that have gotten in there and they're rattling around and you know that's what you're hearing and they're they're scared of if being found so they're not coming out and so and whatnot but supposedly what ends what you can do is uh, the, I've been talking with the people at Eloise in the springtime'll they'll, they'll go back to doing private tours and you're there all night so, you're essentially in the, the old asylum building for 24 hours or 12 hours or whatever from sundown to sun up. And you get to go through the building on a guided tour and you can investigate and you can see if anything happens and whatnot. Now, for those of you that believe I am, I am sensitive Let's put it that way. I'm not sensitive in the snowflake way. I'm sensitive into weird shit happens around me. And there are certain things that I just don't do. Like, I do not go into graveyards. Fuck a cemetery. Fuck a graveyard. I don't care who's buried in there. I hate them. Because the minute I set foot on the ground, I get an overwhelming sense of anxiety and... It's like my body is supercharged. I hate it because I can feel everything there. And you're like, oh, it's a graveyard. You know, it, it, it can't be that bad. No, there's a lot of motherfuckers in graveyards that are pure fucking evil. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you believe it or not, I believe, and that's what matters. So normally, I stay the fuck away from them. Mm-hmm. You know, Normally, too, if I know that there is an area that is supposedly active with uh, ghosts and whatnot, I stay the fuck away from it because guess what? They like to follow me the fuck home. However, my wife, on the other hand, is like, no, I think it'd be fun. You know, let's go. I was like, yeah, take the fucking screaming beacon for ghosts into the haunted location. That seems smart. Like, uh, I don't often buy things from garage sales because you never know what could be attached to it. Um, I don't often buy things from resale shops for the exact same reason. You never know what energy is attached to it. Again, if you don't believe, I sound like a fucking rambling idiot, but you've come to expect that from me, so we're not really outside the pocket. I don't, I don't fuck with dead people
1: after the, uh, Undertaker prank of 1986, um, (laughs) fucking... I joined the ambulance up in Mayville, your volunteer ambulance, and um, part of that was you had to go to the funeral home and, you know, take a tour of the funeral home, see how they prepare the bodies, all of that. Well, uh, you know, old man Blackmer, he'd been the mortician in town for, you know, probably since the 1700s. He was, I don't know how old he was, but, you know, he'd been there since the dawn of time. And, uh, he was known for playing pranks and we kind of knew that, um, but being what it was, we thought, okay, you know, and, uh, we let our guard down, at least I did. And we went downstairs and he's got the body laying on a table like this with the arms crossed and, uh, okay. We're like right up standing next to the table. Well, unbeknownst to me, you know, when you're a dead person where it builds up the gas and all that, if you press the diaphragm,
0: uh, arms will come up yeah. and it'll set
1: up. I didn't know this. I didn't see him touch or lean onto the body. I was literally standing like as close as we are. And he leaned over the body. Well, apparently when he did, he put his hand under his chest and pressed down. I'm looking up, and that goddamn body set up, and the arms come out. I left a goddamn vapor trail going up those stairs, dude. Uh, I was vapor like, probably wasn't the only trail you God. left. Fuck <laughs> this! I am out. I go up the stairs. Everybody turns around and looks at me, and he starts laughing. I'm standing outside, and I'm like fucking shaking. So he comes out there and he goes, oh, it's just a prank. And I'm like, that ain't funny, motherfucker. <laughs> like, look, <laughs> he's like that is not funny. A prank is like you jump out and boo in a funeral home, you know, or you throw a sheet over you or something or, you, you know, some shit like that. No
0: sheet was coming out of you.
1: You know, or, you know, you fucking use a hologram or, or some shit like that. And he's like, well, oh, it was funny. Dude, if I'm standing in a goddamn you know, if I'm standing in the, the fucking cold room of a mortuary and a dead body sits up, I'm not fucking waiting around to ask questions, okay? No. Like,
0: f- I'm out. <laughs> nope. I've seen that. one too many zombie movies. I'm right. good.
1: Right. You know, like, you know, like, you know, <laughs> you want a horror movie? Because that's how horror movies start. Right. Uh, so, I, yeah, I was just like, and I've, I've never forgiven him for that like when he finally died um Sam Reese took it over. Hmm. Now his daughter I wanted to date his daughter so bad. And uh we went out on a few dates and she was always like real handsy. And uh she wanted to have sex so bad and I just I wouldn't do it. And she's like, why? And I'm like, look one, your old man is a mortician. Two he's got a fucking crematory in the back. Okay? Like, look, I'm not fucking with anybody's daughter who can take care of dead bodies and make them disappear. Okay? Like, look, if he was a normal dad, whatever. But, you know, I was just like, and then after that, she didn't want anything to do with me, which was fine, because, again, I didn't want to become a missing body. (laughs) So, you know, and Old Man Blackmer probably wouldn't have bothered me with his daughter cause I knew he was kind of a prank, but Sam was a real serious type guy. He was also a Baptist minister. And I just, you know, I just knew. better to
0: err on the side of caution.
1: Yes. Like, like him being a Baptist minister and a mortician. I was kind of like, you know, <laughs> I don't entirely trust this dude judgment wise when it comes to his daughter. Um, so, uh, yeah err on the side of judgment Um.
0: well anyways if you like creepy weird shit like I do and weird knowledge uh, Curious Publications has faithfully reproduced uh, J.H. Brown's work uh, in a new edition um, featuring a forward by weird historian Mark Hartsman and uh, if you want you can go pick up Spectropia on Amazon.com I I know I intend to because again I like weird shit I like creepy shit I like random knowledge now uh the reason that uh CJ's here is is twofold. One, he came down because he wanted to uh do the show and we hadn't seen each other in forever. Two is his daughter wanted her hair dyed um <laughs> by my wife and uh turns out his wife decided to dye part of her hair as well. But uh the reason why I'm leading with that is, you know, CJ's daughter brought snacks with uh, no you thought I was going somewhere else but because of that now I am I was gonna be nice I really was I was gonna let it go and I'm gonna circle back to it here in a minute but his daughter brought some snacks with her and one of the things she brought was a jar of pickles (laughs) yeah well apparently a new thing is chocolate covered pickles and I don't understand it I guess the the mix of the salty and the the sweet, or the salty and the tangy, uh, um, work together. I don't know. I like I've put some weird things in my mouth. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but uh, why, why does that
1: not surprise anybody?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Keep talking shit. <laughs> so apparently there is a company called Mally's Chocolate, and they're bringing chocolate covered pickles. Um, to the, the marketplace Apparently it is an 8 ounce box And it costs $9.75 Is this the same one who did the chocolate anus? No <laughs> Those things were really good though That The the, the Belgian chocolate that they use. Yeah sure I was tonguing some some random stranger's bung But again I've put some pretty questionable things in my mouth over the years I, I got is, no room to talk Is that your ex-wife? No oh. <laughs> Did I tell you what I found out? Probably not.
1: Do I want to know?
0: I'll tell you during the break. I'm not saying it on air. (laughs) Let's put it this way. It's bad enough that I won't say it on air. (laughs) But anyways, so the reason he flipped me off. (laughs) So we were sitting there and we were in the van on the way to Sally's Beauty Supply to pick up the the bleach and the hair dye. We were leaving Sally. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right, and uh, you know, I forget how it came up, but uh, C J had mentioned that you know he tries to support you know his daughter and the things that she's interested in and the things that she wants to to be better at. One of them is painting toes. C J, what color are your toenails right now?
1: Pink and green, neon, glow in the dark. <laughs> I don't care.
0: It's a good dad, but it's even great mater- better material. I mean. If I was younger
1: and somebody said something, I probably would want to fight him or something. Mm. But you know what? I'm, I'm 50 years old this year, and I, I'm at that I don't give a fuck stage. Like, you know, one, if you say something and I don't think you're a complete asshole, then it's going to be like, okay, look, I'm just being a dad. You know, that's what a good dad does for their daughter. It's just like my, you know, the blue I put in my hair. I know most 50-year-olds wouldn't do it. I don't give a fuck anymore. I just, I wanted to do something funky. It's not permanent. You know, it's only good for, you know, five or ten washes. So, mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to do
0: something funky, you know, and. I just think it's funny that the, the hard-ass screw that you are has pink and purple toenails. I used to I'm, know a guy who would paint his toenails for himself. Like, hey, I just want to feel pretty, he'd say. Yeah, it's not something I would normally
1: do, but. Again, you know, I'm not as hard as a lot of people think. I mean, I am when it comes to strangers and and people that are stupid assholes, that kind of stuff. Mm. But my kids, you know, I'm, you know, I'm I'm very affectionate to them if they're doing right. Now, if they're doing wrong, yeah, I'm a I'm a prick, like you know. my kids will tell you Dakota will tell you, you know, ask Dakota about the time he bowed up and thought he was gonna fight me, right? You know, he he fucking. I think he was about 12 or 13. He come charging down the hallway and uh, he caught a goddamn Chuck Norris roundhouse right dead in the chest and went flying back down the hallway. And after that, he decided that, yeah, I might want to shut the fuck up and clean my room like dad said, you know, because
0: <laughs> all I know is I think it's time to add to your moniker. Instead of music, God, CJ Plain, it should be music. God. I just want to feel pretty CJ plane. Thanks for checking out the odd pod. If you want to hear the whole show, consider becoming a patron of our patreon head to patreon.com forward slash the we're also all over social media like an STI that won't wash off head to tapdetroit.com forward slash the to follow us today we're already following you and you forgot to buy milk.